Hi, I'm Dr. Taryn McCarthy, business owner, orthodontist, motivational speaker, and mom. After 20 years of striving for success in business, I'm starting the conversation about the business of happiness. True success in life is realized when we achieve inner fulfillment. Join me in the conversation with business leaders and entrepreneurs looking to reignite their passions and redefine success. Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and today is going to be a great day. Today, we are talking about something that is so integral to our human experience, something that happens to all of us all the time, which is when we get emotionally triggered and act outside of what we really intended to, when we act outside of alignment with our core values. Oh, it hurts so much. I'm sure you've been in a situation you can recall right now where you did something, behaved some way, said something that you really wish you hadn't, that you wish you could have taken back. And you look back at the situation, you think, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I know not to. Why did I say that? I didn't mean to. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I get triggered so easily? And this is the great resource I'm bringing to you today because this practice has helped me enormously, not just in my business, but in my personal life as well. Because it doesn't just happen in business. <laughs> it can happen on the highway. Something catches you off guard and hits you emotionally, and you have this emotional response that is way beyond proportion and can rob you from acting with integrity. So maybe this has happened to you. This has happened to me many times. I'm thinking right now about this wonderful trip my husband and I took a little while ago last summer for our, for our uh, anniversary, and we went for a walk on the beach, and we had this whole day to ourselves. Now, the intention was to enjoy one another. The intention was to celebrate our anniversary. We've been married for 19 years and I still adore him and every day wish the best for him. So we only had great intentions. <clears throat> we had a beautiful backdrop. We were out walking along Kennebunk Port in Maine, and it's just gorgeous. We were walking along the beach. And I said to Killian, do you mind if I just go run ahead? Because I love to run and Killian would prefer to walk. And he said, no, of course, you go running and turn around and then come back and find me. So I did. I put my headphones on, went for a run, came back, couldn't find him. We only had one. We were on one beach. There's only a back and forth and couldn't find him. I thought, did I miss him? How did that happen? Kept looking for him, ran all the way up the beach, all the way down the beach. No Killian anywhere to be found. And so I called him. Didn't answer the phone. So I tried to find my friends him. He'd un unattached himself to my find my friends. It wasn't available. And I thought, oh my gosh. And I went into panic mode. And immediately my actions took over my rational brain. 
I started stressing out. I started coming up with stories. I started fantasizing things that might have happened, completely unrealistic things. I first went the doom and gloom route and thought he got hit by a car. I then went the devastation of being abandoned route. He's left me after 19 years of marriage. He's mad at me. I came up with all these stories and ruined my run, ruined my time alone. I then, I realized I needed to calm down. So I went down to the rocks by the water and I tried to meditate. I couldn't even do that because I was so stuck in this limbic system brain mind where I just couldn't even get to a rational thought place. Well, the truth of the situation was that poor Killian had been on call, hospital call for two weeks before that. And so just turned off his sound on his phone because he just didn't want to be bothered. He knew where I was. The kids were safe. They were in good hands. He had nothing that needed to get hold of him emergently. He knew I was going for a run. Poor guy was just trying to find some solitude for his meditation and his walk. I don't even remember what the story was with Find My Friends. It was also not intentional. But we finally met up with each other because he just turned around and kept walking back to me. He had no negative intent, but I'd created this whole monstrosity of a story and ruined my own day. Well, what I clearly understood from that experience was there was a trigger. There was a trigger that was not intentional on his part, but that hit me emotionally in a big way. And really, that's what emotional triggers are. They're rehearsed or learned responses to a known emotional scenario. So either we've been practicing this for a long time, or we learned this response from either our parents or situations or even events that were actual in our lives that stuck with us. Maybe there was something in our past that had left us to feel terrified, fearful, abandoned, misunderstood. And so there's a history, a reason for that emotional response, but it no longer serves us. This has been something that has been so fascinating to me because the power comes when you can recognize the trigger and then have emotional control over it again. Because there was no immediate danger for me that day. But man, did it rob me of my happiness. Man, did it rob me of my initial intent of that morning. Man, did it rob us of the experience together because the first thing I did when I saw him was yell at him and get angry. Completely unnecessary. This used to be a pattern of mine at work. And that's one of the reasons why I'm bringing this podcast to you today, because I know that emotional triggers catch us off guard at work. You know, when I talk about these emotional triggers with a personal relationship, so many of you can relate. We think, oh yeah, (laughs) I've had that happen with my mom, or I've had that happen with my brother or my sister or my child. And we can definitely see that pattern. But can't you also sometimes see it at work? You know that feeling you get at work where all of a sudden you feel your heart racing a little bit, or you feel your breath getting a little shallow, or... You find yourself being a little snippy with people you're interacting with, or there's an event that happened that you just can't get your mind off of. You can't be present on the task in front of you because you keep swimming round and round and round retelling a story in your head of something that happened earlier. 
Those, my friends, are your emotional triggers. Just recognizing the event itself, even if you can't unpack it and figure out why, even if you can't walk back to what it was that taught you that emotional connection in your past, just identifying the trigger. Was it something that made you feel unseen, misunderstood? Was it somebody telling a lie and maybe you have a sensitivity to people telling mistruths? Maybe that makes you feel unsafe. Was it something that made you just feel angry? And what is that trigger? When you can identify the trigger, you are 90% of the way there. And the way you identify it is by being aware of your bodily reactions. It's that anxiety response, that fear response that comes up in a very physical way. As I mentioned, heart rate, breath, tension in your shoulders, or just not being able to focus on the task at hand because there's something else plaguing you. That, my friend, is an arrow pointing at what your trigger is. So once you know your trigger, then what? Well, if you're in the moment, if you're in the moment at work and it happens, you get triggered, the best thing to do is breathe. Breathe. Because every time you get emotionally triggered, we start that shallow breath. We've recognized it in our body as a sign. So number one, take a deep breath. And I love breath work at work because, especially now with masks on, no one knows you're doing it. You can use this technique at any time. Even if you can't escape the room, even if you're in a meeting and you're getting triggered and you can't leave, you can breathe. So just taking a really cleansing inhale, deep intentional inhale, and an exhale. That allows us to get back in touch with our bodies and outside of our racing mind, our racing thoughts. Breathwork is my number one go-to. And then recognizing, oh, there's my trigger. Somebody's lying. Or there's my trigger. Somebody's yelling. Or maybe there's my trigger. Somebody's crying. Your trigger may, might catch you unawares. You might not realize what triggers really are there. But when you start paying attention, you'll start, start to see a pattern. And when you recognize your trigger, you can see it for what it is. It's just a trigger. It's not a threat. It's just a trigger. So then we can go to step two. So step one is breath work, just taking a deep breath. Step two is changing your mindset about it. And the easiest way to change your mindset is to jump into curiosity. Wow, isn't that interesting? That just triggered me. Isn't that fascinating? Or what is it about this that's triggering me? The minute we start asking questions, we step outside of that emotional, immediate fear response. It's phenomenal. It brings you right back to your forebrain and out of your limbic system. Or you can ask yourself, am I really understanding this correctly? Is this really happening? Is this really true? And is it possible the exact opposite is true? There are a litany of curiosity questions you could ask yourself, but they all do the same thing. They take you out of the emotion and put you back into your rational thinking mind where your intent is clear. Another mindset shift is gratitude. I know, I know, everybody poo-poo's gratitude. It seems so cliche at this point, but let me tell you, it has been my greatest resource. 
Whenever I find myself in that anxiety-ridden, emotional over-response, I just bring myself back to what is there to be grateful for in this moment. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you didn't get into business to be miserable. The problem is that people feel that if their business gets busier, if they start becoming more successful, that happiness will eventually set in. But it can actually get worse. This is why I created the Business of Happiness Prosperity Coaching. In this one-on-one coaching, we look at how to redefine success on your terms and refine the joy and the passion in your dream. Visit me at thebizofhappiness.com and become the happiest business owner you know. <laughs> where, where I find my greatest anxieties happen, believe it or not, is often in parenting because I have such a deep intention of being the best parent possible and to raise my children with the most loving intentions. And sometimes my children trigger me without even my aware awareness of it, but I know what it feels like. And what I go to immediately is gratitude. Thank you for this opportunity to parent. There's so many people out there who don't have this opportunity. Or thank you for letting me learn this new lesson in a new way. Or thank you that my child is here so that I can be aware and we can face this problem together. Or thank you that I'm learning how to grow in this relationship. And the third mindset shift that I really love to employ is love. Once again, one of those very ethereal concepts of just love, but it works. It works when you remind yourself to have enormous love for yourself in the moment and enormous love for the other person, even if there is anger and vitriol being shot at you. Because if there's anger and vitriol being shot at you, they're coming from a place of pain. They're coming from a place of hurt. I used this technique last week at work. One of my triggers is angry parents of patients of mine. I think I've talked about this on the website, uh, on the podcast before. <laughs> you guys know a lot about me at this point, but it is because I have so much love for my patients. I have so much intention to do my best for them. Same for my tr- team members. If I've ever had one of my team members who's been angry or questioned my intentions, boy, is that a trigger for me because I only want to do my best for them. And when they start to question my integrity, whoo, am I triggered? Well, what I did with this situation last week was I employed the mindset shift of love. It was a father of a patient in a divorced family situation, and this gentleman lives in state, a state far on the other side of the country, and he was angry that we were not alerting him to every step of his child's treatment process, that we were not getting his permission for every step, and that we were not in- informing him of every step, and that we were only speaking to mom, who the patient lives with. My intention always to do my best. And there are limitations always, and we made clear understanding and expectations, but this gentleman was angry. And so when I recognized my trigger, angry dad, angry parent, upset, thinking that I'm trying to hurt hurt them or pull one over on them, I could employ one of my mindset shifts. And the one I chose was love. 
literally what I did in the moment, and you're going to laugh at this practice, but it worked like a bum. I pulled a sticky note out as I was sitting on the phone, and I just wrote over and over and over again, sending you so much love, sending you so much love, sending you so much love. I mean, literally, that was my technique. (laughs) It sounds childish, but it's exactly what I did, and it worked beautifully. What I was really doing was acknowledging my trigger. What I was really doing was changing my mindset to one of love. And then the third thing I did, which is what I will talk to you about next, is creating an action plan. What am I going to do about it? And what I chose to do about it was write over and over and over, sending you so much love so that I could recognize that that's my intention. I just want to send love. This gentleman needed love. He needed to be heard. He needed to know that he was doing the very best for his child. His anger at me was coming from a place of love. Yes, it was triggering me, but he just cares about his kid. He's just worried that he's not here every day making those decisions. He just wants to make sure that he's doing his best. And maybe he doesn't have the tools to do so in the way that would be the way that I would choose. So all I had to do was send him love. And he talked and talked and talked and yelled and yelled and yelled. And at the end of the conversation, apologized. I'm not kidding you. He said, I am so sorry. I just needed to be heard. I just wanted someone to hear that I care about my kid and I really care about what happens in his mouth. He apologized. All I had to do was send him love. So even though that sounds like such a woo-woo ethereal way of responding to someone's anger, responding when you feel triggered. My friends, it works. It's pretty powerful. It worked for me and I gift that to you. It may or may not work for you. And that's where this last step comes into place, which is creating an action plan that's true for you. So I'll review those steps again. Number one, identifying your trigger and then responding with breath, taking a deep breath. Number two, changing your mindset about it. And the mindset shift happens in one of three ways. Curiosity, asking yourself questions, trying to find the curiosity in the situation so you can pull out of the limbic system and into your forebrain. Two, gratitude. And three, love. One of those three mindset shifts. And now that brings us to the fourth step, which is creating an action plan that's true for you. So creating an action plan means what are you going to do when you get triggered? What is it going to be? Are you going to pull out a post-it note? In that situation, that was my plan. Or are you going to set yourself up for success before the trigger even happens? So have you figured out that one of your triggers is when someone's angry and you're exhausted or you're overwhelmed or you're overworked? So maybe part of your action plan is to get more sleep or to put less on your list of to-dos for the day, or to meditate, or to go to the gym every day so that you're working out and giving yourself more stamina and more breathing and more self-care and taking care of yourself. What is your action plan? Maybe your action plan is just to shut up not say anything. Maybe you know that there's a family member or a patient or a team member that triggers you just by being them. They remind you of something or they identify 
uh, as someone in who you've had a difficult conversation with in the past or a difficult relationship with in the past. So maybe all you're going to do when that happens is you're just going to listen and not respond and ask permission to respond later. Because we always have that. Can I please let you know what I think at another time? Or can I please respond to you in an email? We always have that option. Or maybe your action plan is to get help. Ask for help. Ask for a coach. Ask for a therapist. Ask for a friend. Ask for accountability. Ask other friends who have been through this before. What do you do when this happens? Maybe your action plan is just learning more about the situation and what your options can be. And maybe your action plan is setting yourself up for success from the beginning. So trying to avoid the situation. Now, once again, we can't avoid all triggers. They're going to happen to us all the time. So another part of your action plan should be, what will I do when this falls apart? What will I do when writing I love you 500 times on a post-it note doesn't work? What's my next action step? There's always benefit in finding support for yourself when your best laid plans fall down because they will and you always get to come back to compassion you know I think that's the one biggest lesson that I have learned in my life is that this really is a journey and even when you do all these action steps and you figure out what your triggers are and you create a new mindset shift and you create a new action plan there will still be days that this doesn't work. There'll still be days that Taryn gets angry at her husband for no reason because something triggered her. But I know I'm learning. And I know that I have great intention. And I know that it gets easier. And I know that every time I employ one of these strategies, I learn something new about myself and I gain strength and resilience to do it again next time. Because imagine that you can figure out what your triggers are, and be so present when they arrive. Be so present in your body that you can identify them and you can choose how to respond instead of being slave to your emotional reactions. It's possible. It is possible. And with support, it's even possible even sooner. But it is possible to do it on your own just by following these steps. And it is possible to not be slave to your emotions, but actually choose your thought patterns and choose your next best action. Well, there you go, my friends. I hope that you found this supportive of you and your needs. I hope that this has given you some insight and given you some tools to address those emotional triggers that happen to all of us. You are not alone. This is something that we all face, but it is possible to get above and beyond it. And I'd love it if this episode served you and if you know of a friend who could serve as well, please prescribe this episode to them just like you would a prescription for I don't know, something that could give them health and heal them. Send them this a copy of this episode and let them know that you think that this would be a great resource for them and support them and make their day. Give them the empowerment that you have found in this episode and the tools that you can use in your own life. And if you really loved what you heard about curiosity, you're going to love 
February 23rd, I'm doing a live webinar on the power of curiosity in business, in relationships, and in personal development. It is going to be a phenomenal live webinar. Everybody is welcome. All you have to do is be in my Business of Happiness Hive private Facebook group. That is where I will be posting the Zoom link for February 23rd. So please come on over to Facebook. Ask to be admitted into the the business of Happiness Hive. I would love to have you there. It's an incredible network of people who are offering support and um, all kinds of resources for one another on a daily basis. So you'll benefit from that anyway. But even just to have access to the webinar link for February 23rd, 2022. And until then, remember how important it is to Give yourself permission for happiness because when you feel good, that, my friend, is when you can do real good in this world. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you know of a colleague who could benefit from this perspective, empower their day and share this episode with them. Or check out more episodes on thebizofhappiness.com. I look forward to discussing happiness in business and in life with you further again next episode. And until then, remember, today is going to be a great day.